0: Hello and welcome to the corner three or should I say the baseline 2 I'm Bobby Corella. We're talking all things Dallas Mavericks on and off the floor. Joining me today is not Austin Ivan who is out on I think high school playoff duty still. Mm -hmm. It's not Isaac Harris who (laughs) I don't don't know where Isaac is (laughs) out of town. Uh, Oh out of town. Okay. Uh, Do you got his geo coordinates?
1: Uh, I don't, we don't share a location, no. oh, okay.
0: All right. <laughs> uh, she is though the great Katya Viaba.
1: Hello, Katya, how are you? Good. I, I have a seat today. Last week I was just standing here, just kind of decided to pop in on the show, but this week I have done my homework. We are ready to talk some basketball.
0: Oh, we're diving Let's into to so many hot <laughs> topics today. So, fortunately, <laughs> the Mavs were able to beat the Wizards the other night, otherwise. We might have been talking about how many horses can it takes to take down 15 Wizards. Uh, Depends
1: on the spells. Yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah. what they're casting, you know. But <laughs> you the know. Mavs
0: were able to bounce back from uh, a horrific voodoo spell night in New Orleans yeah. and get a win against Washington. So, you know, all is w- well, I guess, going into this weekend back-to-back. Going to be a tough one.
1: Yeah, you're going You're going into the weekend, but you're coming off a win. You had an extra two days, I think, in between games. Yeah. So. They didn't travel after the Washington game. They stayed over one extra day. Today they're traveling. Today's Friday. And so hopefully they're well rested and ready to ready to do this.
0: Yeah, tough back-to-back coming up at Milwaukee. And then what versus the Kings. Ooh, second night of a back-to-back. The we'll Kings. be talking about pace. Yeah, your favorite <laughs> team. My favorite team. Uh, led by De'Aaron Fox, one of the <laughs> fastest people alive. Uh, Mavs are going to need to do a lot of running. And we're going to talk a whole lot about running. So here's the deal. Here's what we're going to do today. So normally on this show, we kind of like, whatever, a few bits. It's very loosely structured. We got like, whatever, three or four big ideas. But no, today we're scrapping all that. Yeah. Kat and I came correct. We got, each of us are bringing five big ideas to the table. Now, what constitutes a big idea? Okay. Uh, A player that's really stood out. A stat we're keeping an eye on. A trend that is very interesting, um, something that has maybe uh, surprised us, exceeded our expectations, mm-hmm. in, in either you know good or bad ways. So uh, we're really going to just hey, throw some ideas around back and forth. The Mavs have played what twelve games? Twelve games. Decent sample size, you know. By this time next week, we're really going to be cooking. But I was
1: going to uh, say, yeah, like twelve games is enough to have a sample size, and and I just call them storylines.
0: Hmm. Okay, I mean, that works too. <laughs> you know. That works too
1: season storylines you you the alliteration King just
0: season storylines is way better than there you um, go. big ideas That's what I'm here for yeah uh, I'm not really much of a labels guy anyway you know uh, <laughs> Well,
1: you're the alliter you're my alliteration King yeah so I'm, I I I'm an alliteration Andy
0: <laughs> uh, okay so uh, so yeah we're just gonna be throwing some stuff back and forth these are some of the things that we have uh, you know considered mm-hmm. to be some of the most important things of the season so far. Hey, if you're out there watching or listening, and there's something that you think has been a, a, a real driver of the math success, or something that maybe uh, they're doing too well that they'll come back down to earth, or maybe no. hey, they need to do better at X or Y or Z, drop a comment below uh, on YouTube and yeah, let, us, let know. us know. Let us know what you think. It feels I, love, like,
1: I love reading the comments. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, like, me too. I just I, I love the interaction. So just let us know. And Let's it know really feels
0: like this year, uh, this is not one of my ideas. Okay, so I'm cheating. This okay. is like an honorable mention. Okay. Feels like the last couple years, even in twenty one twenty two, which is the year they went to the Western Conference Finals, it feels like that year they started well. They were like nine and four, maybe, and then Luka got hurt and they lost some games. And then COVID happened and all oh, it kind of sucked. And then it was great again. But mm-hmm. even at the start, it felt like, all right, I mean, they're playing well, they're winning games. Is it really that interesting? I don't know. Last year they didn't really start that great. Was it really that interesting? I don't think so. Yeah. But this year. They're winning games, but also there's a whole lot of stuff to talk about. Like it yeah, feels like there there's just more to talk, to talk about, about than normal.
1: Yeah. So uh I guess I'll start it off. Yeah. If that's okay. Let's let's um, go. So I think my first big storyline is gonna be just Kyrie Irving. So um the Mavs added him late last season. He played how many games? I believe like not many. Somewhere like twelve yeah. or something yeah. last last season. Anyway, um, this season, I think he is making way more of a difference on the court. Uh, last year, he and Luca didn't play in a ton of games together, and that was a big talking point was, like, how are they going to gel? How is it going to look? Like, what's going on? This year, they're closing games. They're closing games well together. And Kyrie is uh, hes averaging 6.7 assists, so that's his second highest average in his career. Um, 6.9 was his previous high, um, and that was in Boston in 2018-19. I would so, guess that
0: number probably is the most by far of any Luka teammate, like ever, right?
1: I did not look that up, but that's actually a really good point. I yeah. think I I think to have Luca assisting at a high rate, and then to also have another. Player who are your two team leaders you know like the two main guys like your two team stars I think that's super cool to see that to see both guys getting everyone involved and being able to have like that high assist number and not only is he having a almost career high in assists he's also shooting over 40 percent from three on almost seven attempts a game so um That kind of took a little bit of warming up. His first five games, he was only shooting 24% from three. So we were all kind of like watching the games being like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? Did he just forget how to shoot? Yeah, Like, and they, they were, they were short and then they were like just off. And then, and I mean, he's even said this like in post game, like he said, you know, at first they were real short and then they, I was just missing. And then now in his last, um, Four games, he had one game where he was seven for ten, and he has now raised his average. Um, in the last four games, he's shooting fifty four point five. And then on top of that, I think the last thing with with Kyrie is he's just bringing this like really great like leadership role to the team. Like he's really embraced it. Like he's keeping everyone accountable. There, like everyone's been talking about accountability and how that leads to like good chemistry and I, I think like the vibes are good like I think if they seem to be good off the court they're definitely good on the court Yeah, so. a lot of
0: these post games it's like he's speaking on behalf of the team yeah kinda, you know yeah. and like you believe him yeah like I believe that what he's saying is something that they have talked about that he has talked about
1: 100 percent and I have noticed that like his answers and the time that he takes after games to talk to the press, like they're always like 10 minute long pressers. Like sometimes you see players like who have like three to five minute pressers, but he will he will go out there and he will have these like long answers that really like creates this buy-in, right? Like you're just like wow, like this is a guy that I want on my team. This is a guy who is a great leader. And I think he's just, you know, bringing the vibes. So I'm here for it.
0: That's something that was missed last season too, right? Like they lost JB, probably the most vocal guy on the team. Yeah. You know, maybe the most, whatever, I don't know about like mature, but like won championships in college. You know, real serious. I JB was
1: pretty mature, like yeah. for his age. Like he seemed like to have a very like level head. Mm, so. Yeah, calm, cool, collected. Yeah, kind of, yeah. you know,
0: kind of a guy that's like been there before. Energy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then when they traded him, it's like, okay, well, who's gonna fill that sort of vocal role, right? Now Kyrie does it. Grant Williams also Grant does Williams it. Guys that have won guy. at a high level. Kyrie's won a championship. Grant Williams been to the finals. Yeah, you know, definitely. It just feels like a much more like calm cool collected team
1: yeah you 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 kind of want guys that are like oh been there you know not in a like been there done that way but like in a been there let me show you what it's like to like be at that level yeah and like
0: hey shoot like crap one night it's all good we got another game tomorrow like let's just flush it and move on yeah and not not maybe like succumb to like the emotions the the highs and lows of the season yeah there's
1: 82 games brush it off let's move on there's always another game
0: yeah it's a very intangible thing about Kyrie that I've really come to respect a lot yeah me too um okay so this uh is (laughs) a lot of our ideas are like related to one another (laughs) not Uh, this one (laughs) yeah not this one because uh mine is about offensive rebounding now Kyrie does get one offensive rebound per game okay um way to tie it in that's it that's (laughs) the only way that it's connected um so offensive rebounding is up not only for the Mavs, but also around the NBA, like in a big way. And this changes like tactically what teams want to do. So, uh, okay, this season, the Mavs are rebounding 26.1% of their own misses, which is a lot compared to where they were last season. So last season, uh, the Mavs rebounded only 22.6% of their own misses, which was a distant 30th place in the NBA. Distant last place. They were not getting hardly any second chances at all. Now, okay. So that's
1: getting like one out of five ish, yeah. ish on I your. I think two
0: out of nine is what they were. getting. Oh wow, okay, yeah. we're getting real specific. Yeah. Ones. Okay. yeah. okay. Okay, I like They're, it. Yeah. Now twenty six percent is about twenty six out of the out of a hundred. Uh, oh. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but uh. We're mathing over here. Yeah, we are. So okay, so last year they were last place. Now this year twenty six point one percent is still bottom ten. It changes all the time. They're like around like what twenty fourth, twenty fifth, or something like that. So okay. it's still not great, but. That is one extra shot every, what, 33 field goal attempts or something. And now, the way that I viewed it last season was, well, okay, if your defense is already going to be, like, hopefully good enough to not lose you the game, then wouldn't you want to just go all in on offense and just crash Mm -hmm. the offensive glass? If your offense is, like, historically good, last year they were the number one half-court offense of all time, this year they're even better than that. Then wouldn't you want to just invest a ton of resources into getting more shots so that your incredible offense can be even better?
1: So what is the difference between like, or what what qualifies a half court offense?
0: Uh, basically, just not on a fast break, okay. not not in transition. Okay. Now that's a very blurry line because sometimes yeah, the maps will get.
1: We were digging into fast yeah. break and we were kind of trying to figure out like, okay. yeah, they'll
0: like jog up the floor and take a shot six seconds into the shot clock and it doesn't count as a fast break. And right. it's like, well, I mean, it definitely was a was a fast break <laughs> so it's, it's a little subjective but they're, they're very efficient in the half court now yeah. uh this is a trend that has has kind of faded out in the nba but for a while starting around the time of the, the warriors rise and the three-point revolution like led mostly by james harden and the rockets like in 2015 2016 teams started saying oh my god when these guys get out in transition they score every single time so instead of crashing the offensive glass we got to hightail it back in transition. Maybe send one guy to get an offensive rebound, and otherwise everyone's got to get back, get back, get back. So we saw this huge decline um, in offensive rebounding around the NBA. Uh, For example, um, this season Mitchell Robinson leads the league. He has 5.8 offensive rebounds per game, which is the uh, 10th most all-time in a season. In 2015-16, only one guy in the league averaged more than 3.5 offensive rebounds per game. Wow. So teams were like okay. terrified of crashing the offensive glass because if you went, well then KD or Steph, you're down a man. Or, yeah, Harden's and defense gonna pull. On and you're, just, yeah, okay. you're just Yeah, you're just going to get cooked, you know. Yeah. Um and that was also around the time that teams started playing small ball fours instead of, you know, your traditional power forwards. So okay. like there was this like revolution going on in the league. Uh, but the pendulum is swinging back in the other direction now, which is really weird because there's even more shooting now in the league than there was. Yeah. five years ago there's even more athletes there's even more playmaking there's even more space and all this stuff um but i i i don't really know what has caused it but it's
1: just kind of it's kind of like fashion like things go out of style and then the 90s like are back they come back in style so it's just a cycle you know they're yeah, gonna like, be like i see
0: that almost tie-dye looking uh hoodie that you got That's on right, that, that yes. screams like 90s Little club era. maverick
1: exclusive yeah. season ticket members so if you're not one
0: oh, get on that go. there you I, go how can i get one? i gotta buy season tickets i guess <laughs> there you and go um, so, so far this season, 12 teams have rebounded at least 30% of their own misses, which would be the most in the league since the 2013-14 season, which was the last season where the Warriors didn't win the championship. So, like, oh, as wow. soon as the Warriors okay. got good, it was like, okay, we can't do this anymore. Well,
1: they kind of started that small ball Yeah. Right, and then teams trying to keep yeah, up with Yeah, and then them. trying to keep up with them. So, it really changed the way the league kind of played the game. Yeah. And then now you're starting to see the emergence of like the big guys again. And yeah, so, yeah, they're yeah. coming
0: back. Yeah. Um, so that season, 13 teams uh, rebounded 30% of their own misses. Now, in, tw- in 2003, 2004, which is 20 years ago.
1: Don't make me feel old.
0: 20 years ago. Don't make I have me feel vivid old. memories of me watching that Mavs team. <laughs> uh, 24. Of the 29 teams, all right, there was only 29 teams back then. The bo- The Bobcats didn't exist. Yeah, that's how long ago that that's was. That's wild. Yeah, okay. and they were the Bobcats before. They were the Hornets, by the way. Um, 24 well, teams, lesson. yeah, rebounded at least 30% of their own misses. So, like, 20 years ago, it was pretty commonplace to get, like, 10, 15 offensive rebounds a game. Five years ago, nobody was doing that. This year, again, almost everybody's doing that again. It's coming
1: back in style. Yeah,
0: and so I, I wonder, you know, the Mavs were one of the uh, – I don't want to say they were on the cutting edge of not getting offensive rebounds. I guess they were on the cutting edge of trying to prevent transition offense. Okay. Um, And then the rest of the league was like zigging and the Mavs were still kind of zagging because they just weren't crashing the glass. But now it seems like the Mavs are sending, whether it's Lively or Powell, the big man, they'll send Josh Green or Derek Jones. Uh, Even Luka will try and get offensive rebounds every now and then. So it feels like they're trying a little more and we are starting to see uh, better results in that area. So that's just something to like, I don't know, kind of keep an eye on, I guess, and teams forsaking transition defense for second chances.
1: Yeah, I will say Derek Jones has made those uh, putbacks really fun. Oh, he's yeah. had some really explosive like putback dunks on those. And mm. it's just like he said He said in, in his in his interview, he's like, people just didn't box out. So I'm going to go get that.
0: Yeah. yeah, and him specifically is so important because if he's in the corner and no one's guarding him because they're like, okay, he's the worst shooter on their team. Let's keep Luka out of the lane, right? So let's leave Jones open. And then you know, Kyrie takes a three. Well, there's still nobody guarding Derrick Jones. Right. The guy that's supposed to be guarding him is like turned totally in so the opposite direction. So he's just gonna sneak up and just yeah. kind of grab that. Yes. For and it's sure. the same for Josh Green. Like yeah. if you're open, dude, just go to the basket.
1: It's kind of like Dorian in like the early stages of Dorian. Yeah. I feel like that that he would do Put that back a lot. king.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then they started respecting him. Right. And so then yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my thing. Just uh. We you love know. Dorian. Yeah. So, you know. We do. Yeah. We do. Uh So yeah, a lot of offensive rebounds.
1: Perfect. So the next one kind of goes, nah, not really. It's on the, uh, on the other side. It's still rebounding, mm. but now it's defensive rebounding, which is helping the Mavs push the pace. So uh, they have already had a game this season where they had 30 fast break points in a game. That was Sunday at the Pelicans. Uh, that was the first game versus the Pelicans this season. Um, they have in, Half their games this season, they have had 15 or more fast break points a game. Last year, they only had 21 games, and they're undefeated in those. So, Mm, okay, yes. So in those six games, they're six and zero. They're actually seven and zero when scoring 13 or more, but I like 15 because it's like a cleaner number to do the math on. Um, So the 21 games last year when they had those 15 fast break points, they were only 12 and nine. So they're already halfway. Yeah. To the win to the win total on, you know.
0: Still a better record that. last year than their season record, though. Like, because they were, what, 38 and 44? So, to go 12 and 9, I mean, it's still better. It's still good. Yeah. It's
1: still good. But, I mean, to only have 21 games.
0: All season? All season. Not good.
1: And now you've already had, you know, six games. Half your games. So, you're on pace for, what, 42? 41? 41 games. Good number. Yeah. Yeah. So... So that's that's been something that's really stood out to me because the Mavs have not been known to be a fast playing team in years past. And this year they really have picked up the pace. Um, So to quantify it, um, their pace this season, which is how do you how do you qualify Uh, possessions per game? Basically, so possessions per game possessions
0: per 48 minutes.
1: Oh, I'm the one with the glasses, <laughs> and I'm asking you. <laughs> so they're um, they're having about 102.3 possessions in those 48 minutes. So that's their pace this season, which is actually fourth in the NBA. Wow. Yeah, last that year jumped a
0: lot. It jumped Jeez. a lot because last year they were
1: 28th, and they didn't even break the hundred point mark. They were at 97.2. Wow. So they are playing a lot faster, which makes it for way more viewers at home I think enjoy a faster paced game, right? So Mm. like more shots, quicker going up and down the court. I think more dunks. More dunks. Dunks are cool. Yeah. I mean, it's just more fun to watch a faster paced game, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, so that's what, five five extra possessions per game, which might not seem like much, but that's an extra possession per quarter. That's an extra shot per quarter. And generally if you're playing fast that's like an extra dunk per quarter, there you or go. an extra layup per quarter. Like that's really good. Yeah, um, I like it. Now the the flip side of what you said about being six and zero when they score at least fifteen, seven and zero in their in their most fast break points games. Well, they're nine and three this season, which means they're two and three in the games where they don't get many fast break points. Which means when they don't get stops, they can't get out and run. Mm-hmm. So like your defense has your defense can be like your best source of offense yes. in that respect. Like, they just were not able to slow down Pascal Siakam in that Raptors game. I think they only had, what, six fast break points that whole game. Yeah. They just couldn't get stops. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to stall a little bit because I want to see, okay, ooh, the Mavs this year. In in the dunk stat, uh, Mavs okay. are 14th in dunks. That's okay, cool. Okay, yeah. yeah that's, that's
1: cool. That's good. Last it, year, I bet they were not. They were not. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. So, the Mavs are pushing the pace off turnovers and misses. But, Kat, they're also pushing the pace off made shots. Can you believe how
1: does that, it? Okay, how does that work?
0: Okay, they're just they're getting up and down the dang floor. That's how. <laughs> so, okay, uh, pbpstats.com, great website. A little difficult to navigate, but there's a lot of very good information on that site. It's free to use. It's incredible. Um, they have uh, the length of possession after an event, right? So okay. the other team makes a shot. The other team misses a shot. The other team turns it over. The other team misses a layup. The other team misses a three. Like, what happens? What do you do? Or when, what happens whenever you miss a three? They have all this stuff in a chart. So Dallas, this season, their average possession after the other team makes a shot. So they're bringing it out of their own basket, right? The other team has scored. There's no fast break opportunity. The Mavs have the seventh fastest average time of possession after an opponent's made shot in the NBA. Okay. So they're a top 10 pace, whether the opponent misses or whether the opponent makes. That's great. Yeah, they're not just walking it up the floor and wasting a bunch of time. Like, how many possessions last year did it feel like nothing has happened and there's only seven seconds left in the shot yeah light. you know for sure for they're sure. getting right to it last year they were um oh my god <laughs> last year they were 29th in pace too many following, numbers yeah no they were 25th <laughs> in pace following a made field goal and 29th in pace following a missed field goal so whether the opponent made or missed last year they were bottom 10 okay. in both categories okay. Um, now why is it important to push the pace even if it's not a fast break point opportunity right even if it's not a four on three or a three on two you're just bringing it up the floor quickly maybe the opponent's defense can't get set I was
1: gonna say it helps in like throwing the defense off right yeah. like I, my I don't know much about this like the, the x's and o's of like what this causes but to me, it would seem like you can kind of catch the defense off guard.
0: Yeah, and it's like, okay, if the, if, the, if the other team has one guy that they want to defend Luka, and everybody else on their team is like, I don't want that guy guarding Luka, but you're hurrying it up the floor, and yeah. they're not set, odds are pretty good that one guy is not going to be able to guard Luka. Right. Or like their one guy is not going to get on Kyrie. There's right. going to be some mismatch. Communication's going to be off. Uh, dude, that's supposed to pick up Tim is like dozing, and so Tim has an open three. Yeah, like it's just you know you can you catch just him catch off him guard. guard. Slipping. Yeah, yeah. We see the Mavs get caught off guard a lot whenever teams push it off me. Yeah, it's just kind of you're expecting like, all right, hey, we scored. Yeah, high five. Let's get set. All right, what are we doing? We're not okay. We're doing man. Okay. So, oh, oh my God, they're already dunking. They're already dunking it. Dunking it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So early offense. This is not transition. This is just early offense. When there are between 18 and 15 seconds left in the shot clock, the NBA gets that granular. Okay? So it's not a fast break, but it's still pretty early in the possession. Okay. We're talking a 6-9 second possession here. Pretty okay. Pretty quick. Okay. The Mavs are number two in the league in effective field goal percentage on those shots. 65.6%. That's pretty good. In very early offense, so between 22 and 18 seconds, this is basically transition offense. Right. Mavs have number one effective field goal percentage in the NBA, 71.7%. Ooh. So they are very, very good at early off and so far. Yeah. Uh, And those constitute about one quarter of their total field goal attempts this season. So one out of every four shots, they're number one or number two most efficient team in those shots.
1: That's great.
0: So push the ball, man. Yeah.
1: Because... It all, it all kind of correlates together, right? So if you're pushing the ball and you're getting those extra possessions, even if you miss one, you get that extra shot to maybe make up for those points or you make more points. Like, they have scored over 110 points in every single one of their games this season, I believe. Yep. Yes. which
0: They barely got there in one of them, but they, but they got, got there. there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I, I just think.
0: Just play with tempo.
1: Tempo is a good thing. Kyrie
0: is a big driver of that, too. Yes. Just He just gets it up the floor fast. Yeah. Hey, Tim, take the ball. Oh, nothing's there. Give it back. We're yeah, because
1: for a long time, we would see Kyrie kind of taking it at Luca's pace when they first started. But I think now Luca's kind of starting to take it at Kyrie's pace, or they're finding like that sweet spot in the middle. And I think that's benefiting the whole team.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Pace. Pace. Tempo. There you go. Speed.
1: Okay. So one of the guys that we were just talking about is Luca. So I think um, something that has stood out to me a lot is his hot shooting start. So, I mean, home opener, he drops 49 points and you're just like, wow, this is amazing. Like, this is great. Uh, Is this for real? Uh, yeah, it, it is. It is for real. <laughs> uh, his shooting has been so good this season, specifically his three point shooting. So in years past, he's kind of always been a little slow to start the season and maybe not as effective from the three. Um, so to kind of quantify that in 2020, 2020 to 21, his first 18 games, Uh, On seven shooting attempts per game from three, he was only shooting 28.7%. He normally starts slow in in years past. Like I said, uh, last season, for example, 31.5% on almost eight attempts. Well, this season, he's shooting almost 10 attempts per game. So he's shooting 9.9 attempts per game, and he is so effective on them. He is shooting 42% this season. So... He has come in. He's starting hot. I like it. And if the trend follows on what he normally does, which is get better, get more efficient, he's gonna be shooting like 45 from three. Yeah. By the end of the season, yeah. I <laughs> like love in it. Like those years
0: where he started like 31 percent, he'll end up at 35. Yeah. Or start 28, he'll end up at 33. Yeah. So like he always does get better.
1: Yeah. So I mean, if you're starting at 42, you're Not you're, bad. you're you're. You're going to do good. <laughs> yeah.
0: We've always wondered, like, what would it be like if Luca shot 40% from three? Well, yeah. like, <laughs> well <laughs> we're witnessing cool. it now. Yeah. And yeah. we're
1: 12 games in. So, like we said, it's a good sample size. It's not like this is three games in and you're like, wow, he's shooting 42% from three on three games. Like, no, it's 12 games. Mm. So, I think that definitely means something. And, and it being that bigger sample size is, is nice to see that he is you know, being very effective on those. And not only is he just effective on the three, he's also just scoring a lot of points, just in general, scoring a lot of points. He's already had seven games with 30 plus points this season. That is tied first in the league. And the other guy who has seven games as such is Shea.
0: Two all NBA guards.
1: Yep, that's right. And, I mean, Shea, like you were saying, you were like, I think Shea was kind of having a slow start to the season. We looked at his numbers. We're like, no, he's no. having a great just, start to I've the season. I've just seen the like
0: the two box scores where he didn't shoot like 80%. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, he's having a great start to the season as well. Um, And so, like I said, he dropped 49 in the home opener versus the Nets. And he's also dropped 40%.
0: Four against the Clippers there you go so yeah. he's
1: had two games of 40 plus points and the only players with multiple 40 plus point games this season are him and stuff so he's in good company yeah and he's you know he's leading the league in 30 point games 40 point games so um it's been really fun to watch him this year
0: yeah it's um you know he always starts the season scoring incredibly yes like Always, oh, last year, what, he scored 35 or more in their first seven games or something like, you know, he yeah. did the wilt thing. And yeah. then in 2019, he was player of the month in November. But, like, even in those seasons where he started great, the shot was always kind of the last thing to catch up. But what happens whenever you're making those shots is, well, hey, if I'm shooting the three well, I can just take the three instead of punish my body and drive to the basket an extra five times and yeah. take the punishment and take a really hard, like, 17-foot shot. Uh, it also helps, I think, preserve his legs to be able to, swing it over to Kyrie, Kyrie's able to do a bunch of stuff so that Luca doesn't have to do everything. It's like maybe his, maybe the three point shooting won't stay at forty two, yeah, but maybe it'll stay at like thirty seven or thirty eight. And on ten attempts per game, I mean that's that's, that's pretty nasty. solid. That's a yeah, g- yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a good amount of points, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Uh is good. Is I think is that what we're saying? Yeah, I He's mean good? we've
1: all we've all already known that, but there no, are I'm some, willing to say it. There are some numbers to back it yeah. up. I'll go there. Yeah, Luca.
0: He's good yeah.
1: there you go and the Mavs have like always been a live by the three die by the three type of team but um i think you did a little digging on the corner three shooting no point <laughs> <laughs> uh that's
0: a good radio laugh there you go yeah. i like it <laughs> uh yeah so the corner three-point shooting so this season the Mavs, as of the time that we are recording this podcast uh, the Mavs are tied for the number one spot in the league in three point shooting with the OKC Thunder. Who would have guessed? That's a team that is supposed to not have a lot of shooting in it. Here they are. 40 no, percent. They're
1: on the come up. Yeah, I, they're, I think they're good. I, I think. Yeah, they they're, have they're putting the league on notice. Yeah, as they're. Say.
0: Yeah, they're uh, taking note. Yeah, uh, I guess. The, they're no, putting, that's the jazz. They're putting it in the forecast. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the radars is just going <laughs> wild. Um, so the Mavs are thirty nine point five percent from three this year. Yeah. Uh, and that's without really shooting the corner three very well, which is what they did super well last season. Yeah, that's
1: so normally what they're known for, right? Yeah. Like, good corner three shooting. Yeah,
0: so last season, they took 11.5 corner threes per game, which led the league by a lot, and they hit 40.1% of those corner threes, which was the sixth best mark in the NBA. Okay. So last year, guys that stood out, uh, Reggie Bullock was an incredible corner three shooter, Tim... Denwitty was very good in the corners. Dorian's always been pretty good in the corners. Yeah. Um, Now some of those guys are gone. In come new players, um, you know, namely Grant Williams and Derek Jones are taking a lot of them this year. This year, the Mavs are taking 12.4 corner threes per game, which does, again, lead the league by a lot. But they're only shooting only shooting 36.9%. On those corner threes, which okay. is the 19th best mark in the NBA. So they're around league average, slightly below league average on those shots. Um, now, some of that is because uh, their leader in corner three attempts per game right now is Derek Jones, who's shooting great from above the break, but is only 28.6% in the corner. Uh, but last season, he shot 35% on corner threes. So if he just shoots cl- you know, closer to last season's number, that'll go up. Uh, other guys that are shooting a little below where they did last year, Josh Green, 36% this year, 39% last year. Okay. Jaden Hardy, 27% this year, 45.9% last year. Uh, and then Tim and Grant Williams are both shooting very well too. Kyrie's also shooting pretty well from the corners. So the Mavs have a lot of good corner three-point shooters. This is and a few guys are a little below where they were. It's last like we've year. been
1: saying, like it's like twelve games, so it's enough to know of a sample size, but it's also enough to like not not enough to really know like how the rest of the season is going to play out. Yeah. So who's to say that these guys all of a sudden don't heat up from oh, yeah, the corner, sure. and then yeah. all of a sudden like that efficiency goes up. Yeah, right?
0: I think it's enough of a sample size now to where we know the Mavs are going to probably lead the league in corner threes again. Um, now, where will their percentage end up? Who knows? Right. Uh, you would love it. For it to be top 10. Of course. Uh, that would be great. Of course. Uh but this year, okay, so if they're 19th in corner 3-point shooting, how are they leading the league in 3-point percentage? Uh well, it's because they're shooting 40.6% on above the break threes, which is oh, wow. by far the best mark in the wow. league. Wow. Um Luca almost all of his 9.9 right. 9. 9 attempts come from above the break. Kyrie is shooting it great. Tim is shooting it great. Derek Jones Jr., 57% on above the break threes. No way. It's probably not going to stay the same all year long. Uh, so they'll but it's regress a, good start. a little bit there, but they'll improve in the corner. Right. Um, and I would guess based on personnel. And the shot quality, I would guess the Mavs will end up top ten in the league in three point percentage. Mm-hmm. Can they be top five or even top three or I would maybe love top to one? See it. Yeah, that would be really Tough cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we know they're going to take them, yes. and we know they have a lot of players that are good at shooting them. Yes. So it just comes down to knocking them down.
1: Nice. So I want to expand a little bit more on one of the guys that you mentioned. Uh, my next point is Derek Jones Jr. I love what he's bringing to the team. I just I think he has kind of filled that like Dorian role that we were looking after he, um, after we traded Dorian, we were kind of looking to fill that role. It's like the guy who is going to step up and defend the best player on, you know, on your opponent's team.
0: Even if he's five Doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: Like doesn't matter. I, you know, uh, Isaac said that he asked him, um, during media day, like, where, what do you see your role on the team being? And he said, I'm going to defend the best guy on the other team. Like, quick no hesitation just said that and I I love that because that is that is a spot that we definitely needed to see filled again this season um Isaac has a great video on our YouTube channel about Derek Jones Jr and he goes through some stats and we have some sound on there so I encourage you to go check that out just to get a little more about him um but a couple of the things that he touches on Is the defensive rating. So uh, the Mavericks have a defensive rating of 107.7 with him on the floor, which is really, really good. Uh, That is the top mark on the team. That is fourth overall in the NBA. It
0: would be like fourth. That would be the fourth best uh, defensive rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: There you go. And then, so with him off the floor, avert your eyes. It's a little scary. It's 121.2.
0: Make it stop. Yeah,
1: which would be... Lost in the NBA. Yeah,
0: it would be the the least good. <laughs> yeah, but not
1: the best. Yes. So uh so he's definitely on assignment. He's doing great. He's making very good defensive strides for the team. And I, I just I love to see that because I was always a really big fan of Dorian and what he brought to the team. And I think Derek Jones is kind of doing the same thing, and he's kind of like I said a million times, he's filling that role. And I just I love that. And then the other thing that Dorian did very well was the three point shooting. So you would find him in the corners or you would find him open on three, even though like um, near near the end of his time here, he started putting on the floor and doing the, you know, driving and all that. Which like, Jones is
0: doing a lot of the which
1: too. I was going to say, yeah. Jones already does that. So it's very nice to see that. But back to the three-point shooting, he is shooting a career-high 36.7 from three. Um, his average throughout his career has been about 31%. So it's nice to see like a 5.5% difference it's on the, that.
0: The Luka boost. It
1: is, it is. And I
0: mean, he's making the shots, so let's be fair, but yeah.
1: And, and he has said that he just wants to be consistent with the shots. So he'll just like keep taking that same shot. So if he's good in the corner one night, like he's just going to keep shooting that corner mm. three. If he's good above the break one night, he's just going to keep shooting above the break. He's already made 18 threes this season, which like. To you like it may be like okay it's only eighteen but his career high in any season was forty three wow so la- to, to put it in perspective last season he made twenty seven all so all, season. He, so, all <laughs> season so he is uh nine away from reaching his last season high yeah
0: at this rate it'll be like the next show that we do he'll have uh you know yeah. exceeded in that mark. in
1: the in the video that Isaac did he said he's on pace to hit about hundred and twenty so that is way more than double of his career high almost triple his career high so it's he's been a great addition I I love the energy I I love that he didn't know where he was going to be in the lineup coming into the season and then all of a sudden he gets named a starter and he's been making the most of it Mm I I've been just really really enjoying that
0: really easy guy to root for too because like he does a lot of the dirty work on defense um and He's been in the league, what, eight years now? Mm-hmm. Has kind of bounced around, been in a lot of teams. He was like started sometimes, come off the bench a lot. Really, like, what is this guy kind of yeah. player? Uh, and in many ways, he's almost like maybe not fighting for his career because he's only 26, but like he's playing on a minimum, yeah. you know? So it's pretty clear like, if you want a big contract, if you want a future in the league, like you got to have a good season. And for sure. he's. He is having much more than just a good season.
1: Yeah, no, I've, I've been loving it. Um, and I think he is also just enjoying. I mean, who wouldn't love playing alongside Luke and Kyrie, mm. right? Like
0: they're just serving you up a bunch of open jumpers. Seriously,
1: <laughs> seriously. And so I just, you know, I think it's, it, this is a good spot for him to be. I am. I'm glad that he's the starter. He, like you said, he's been getting those putbacks. It's fun to watch him dunk. It's just it's it's just good. I just love it.
0: He cuts. He does everything. He does He's it just all. A, just a good player, just a good player. So he is one of three new starters. Yes. For the Mavs, alongside Grant Williams and of course Derek Lively the second, who's been a complete revelation. We've
1: love it.
0: Could have five pods just yeah. about Derek Lively. Yeah. Um, and we've already had a, a few. We'll have more in the future. Don't worry. But that trio is really important, of course, because with Luka and Kyrie, they do so much on offense. Um, you know, Kyrie's only what six foot six one. You don't want him or Luka having to defend all-stars at the other end of the floor. (laughs) Um, So those three guys in particular need to step up, right? And they have. So whenever Jones, Williams, and Lively, all three of them are on the floor, the Mavs have this according to PBP stats, which these numbers are going to be a little um, higher than they would on NBA.com because PBP uses the actual defensive rating. NBA uses a formula. It doesn't matter so uh you yeah. want my glasses yeah <laughs> yeah no so whenever those three are on the floor the Mavs have a 112.9 defensive rating That's um good. which is pretty good yeah now uh it's not quite as good as uh Derek Jones by himself but it's still really good and the way that uh, NBA.com calculates defensive rating it would be around the top 10 you'd okay. be around 10th or 11th best in the NBA which is very good yeah if you're a top 10 defense you have a chance to win the championship Um, whenever only Derek Jones and Grant Williams are on the floor, so no Derek Lively, the Mavs have a 107.6 defensive rating. That's better. Which is really good. And now that's playing with maybe Dwight Powell. That's playing with maybe Maxi Kleba. Or in one game, the Mavs actually had uh, Grant or Jones. One of them was playing five and the other was playing four. So they went really small. small. Yeah, which I feel like those lineups have a lot of potential too. Like, you could play Grant at the 5, Jones at the 4 with, like, Luca, Kyrie, and Josh. Or Luca, Kyrie, and Tim, or something. And just run, 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 shoot, 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 shoot. Um, And now the Mavs have positive net ratings. With with the three of them on the floor, they're plus 9.6. With just those two, they're plus uh, 12.7. With just Grant and Lively on the floor and no Derek Jones, the Mavs have a a 116.8 defensive rating, which is not quite as good, obviously. But Mm -hmm. a plus 24 net rating. Uh, and so now it here-
1: speaks to your offense. It's just like run, run, run. Like, yeah. yeah. Space the floor, yes. man.
0: Just get yeah. up and down. Now this is kind of the, um, the, the key one, right? With only Derek Lively on the floor without Derek Jones and without Grant Williams. Now these are again, small sample size, but the Mavs have a one thirty two point nine defensive rating. Now Derek live, just like we said about KP yeah. uh, a few years ago, you could have, you know, the best rim protector of all time. You could have a Olajuwon back there. Right. But if there's not a good perimeter defensive presence. It's like uh, there's like 13 holes in a dam and you only have 10 fingers. And you're like, how do I plug all these? You can't do well, it Well, and
1: especially if Lively is defending in the paint, right? And then all of a sudden, like, your perimeter is wide open. It's like, that's why that's so high as well. It's a 132.9 because you're giving up all those open threes as yeah. well. Yeah, open right?
0: threes. But then, like, okay, if if you're on the perimeter and I'm guarding or I'm not guarding you, you beat me one-on-one, now Lively's got to slide over. But right. then the guy that Lively's guarding is wide open. So then someone's got to come down, which means that guy's open. It's just a complete systematic break. Yeah breakdown right and uh so it's really important that yes lively has been very very good as a rim protector but you have to have the help around him right yeah it just, can't just
1: be one you have to have a, a solid balance of all the all the protection
0: network, yeah yeah right? you got to have like perimeter discipline point of attack discipline and that's where Derek jones in particular yes the best point of attack defender on this team um now whenever it's only jones and williams on the floor their defensive rating is super good um that's with or without lively because, okay yeah. again you have great perimeter defense. yeah Um, now I'm not saying that one is more important than the other but as we saw man it didn't matter who was on the floor whenever Pascal Siakam was backing down a bunch of smaller guys yeah so like you have to have five good defenders or four good defenders and they all have to be doing a lot of heavy lifting and And I do
1: think like in the in the Toronto case Toronto has a huge lineup like they do they don't have that super small ball lineup right like their guys are all like very tall guys. Mm. So you're playing against a very big lineup there. So yeah. it's very and against different. A, than against a team
0: like that, it's hard to hide the, Luka and Kyrie, yeah. you know? Uh, and against a team like Denver, it's hard to hide right. Luka in, because they're just so jumbo, yeah. you know? And so I think if the Mavs are going to try and make one move, I would say, I, I've been saying this for five years. So it's almost boring to say it. I feel like I need a new take, but like the Mavs need to find a big bodied wing. Imagine, yeah. you know, I don't know if this guy would start to come off the bench or whatever, but like, Imagine if you had the option to go, like, Luca, Kyrie, Jones, Williams, Lively, and then, like, okay, Kyrie comes out of the game, and then you just put another Derek Jones Jr. on the floor. So, you yeah. have, like, three of those guys with Lively. Yeah. Or imagine it's, like, Kyrie and three of those guys with Lively. Then it's, like, okay, you have no weak points, you know? Um, so, that's the thing. But those three guys together and any combination of two of them have been really, really good. Them on their own are all not as good so it's like you need to have it's a two team game or three, yeah so yeah so you got to have two or three quality defenders around luke and kyrie at all times yeah and, I and think so it, far they have
1: it can be a little deceiving when you're looking at stats with like just one player on and off the court because you have four other guys out there that are also making a difference that are also like it also counts for it mm. so i think i think um like i said like it's a team game and when you have two of the three and it's looking good you know you have Three of them, and it's looking good. Like, I'm here for it. Yeah.
0: So it's kind of like, as you're building out your rotation, you know how it's always one of Luca or Kyrie on the floor. Right. Maybe you try and always have two of those guys on the floor. Yeah. Or certainly one with like your next best defender mm-hmm. on the floor alongside them. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's all about finding combinations, which is yeah. a lot of what the first 20, 30 games of the season yeah, are all about. Yeah, for
1: sure. For sure. Um, that was good. I just, I feel very enlightened by that. Like, hey, good I, defenders, dude. man. Dude, yeah.
0: When the, when they're winning games, all the stats look good. You
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> so my next point has no stats. It's just, it's been fun to watch. The in-season tournament has, I'm a fan of it.
0: You're a convert. I, I am. We did it.
1: I was not, I. it's funny because it's like, we would have this conversation all the time. It's like, I like the, the plan tournament, right? I don't. Bobby, not a fan at all. I was not a fan of the idea of this in-season tournament. I was just like, okay, like you're still playing those games. And like, I don't know. Is there going to be buy-in? Is there not? Well, you put $500,000 on the table per person. There has been buy-in. Because all these teams that I did not think would be into it, are super into it and it's just making these games in the middle of november which is typically a lull in the season you're kind of like okay like we're figuring it out but you know it's a long season. you hear that it's a long season it's a long season it's like no like tuesday and fridays those games matter mm. and it's been really really fun to watch
0: maybe the other 29 teams <laughs> the mavs and the NCs, well okay they played great against the clippers but the Nuggets game was tough. That Pelicans game, what a doozy! Yeah, what a debacle! Yeah,
1: I mean, there's a lot of controversy on on that one, and you know.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. I will say, you know, not to be the sour grapes, whatever yeah. person, um, but in the three games, one of the courts they did not even use. The other court, the three point line was wrong. Right. <laughs> and then the other court, you know, looked radiant on TV. And, yeah, it just, uh, apparently there were I don't know if there were dead spots or what. But, yeah,
1: I don't I don't yeah. know if I'm a huge fan of the courts per se but the idea of the tournament oh it's awesome what's going on with
0: it you saw draymond put gobert in a headlock like that was an in-season tournament tournament.
1: (laughs) (laughs) don't mess with people's money (laughs) yeah i mean like it's
0: serious stuff and there was a quote um this was from the other day i think it was from on on tuesday night uh dame with the bucks said maybe it was i don't remember when it was but um dame said yeah, like, I have enough money, but, like, there are guys on two-way contracts yes. that don't make this much all season. And, and that's
1: the whole thing about it, right? It's, like, it's like the guys that make a ton of money, like, maybe they're not live or die by the $500,000, but there is guys on minimums. There is guys on two-way contracts, like, who, I mean, to, to you and I, $500,000 is it?
0: No, money. Life changing money, yeah, and two way players. I don't know the exact details of every two way, but contract. for them
1: it could be as well. Yeah,
0: their two way salary is, I think even like it's roughly, it's it's not a lot. It's yeah. basically what like we make in this room, so and like, then they make more if they stay with the team. But they don't if always do that. You have
1: the chance to pretty much double your salary by winning one. You know,
0: I mean, some of them it's more than that even. Oh really? Oh okay. yeah, yeah. All I mean, right. well, there two. You go. I think a two way contract is like fifty grand or something. Like it's okay. Yeah and some of those guys are rookies that have never made a dollar really in their life. I didn't know, you know? any of this. Yeah. So,
1: there you go. So, I think I think it's cool that these vets and these superstars are taking the taking this seriously in order to, you know, help out the rest of the team mm-hmm. or, you know, to put a little extra cash in someone's pocket. I think it's cool.
0: I'm glad that you've uh, seen the light. Of yeah, the tournament. I have I have now the reason I'll never see the light about playing
1: oh uh, we don't have to talk about this no the reason <laughs> I like the in-season
0: tournament is because you're taking something that already exists and sure it's all artificial but you're artificially making it more important like you're putting stakes on it
1: so you're saying like the games already are happening yeah but you're now just making the games more important yeah let's
0: just do let's just like make them mean a little more yeah if we're already gonna be playing I might as well make them important Whereas the plan is like, let's just add something completely new for no reason to give like a 33 win team a chance to make the playoffs. I'm like, come on! Like, but it we could don't be a 33
1: win team that gets a chance, and then all of a sudden they make it to. They could.
0: I mean, Miami made it to the finals That's as an I'm eight saying. seed, but they won 44 games. And or
1: how last cool year. was that story when it was happening?
0: It was cool, but again, the Heat had a winning record. They were what last year? I think they were. But 40. that just goes
1: to show that the the conference was good.
0: Yeah, I mean, they were one game out of sixth and three out of fifth. I don't know. I'm just a hater. I'm a hater. Yeah, I'm a dedicated playing hater. It's fine. And
1: Everyone can have their own opinion until the
0: Mavs make it to the plane and win, and then I'm going to be like, "This is the greatest thing of all time." There you go. Just, yeah, I, I, I just kidding. I'll never do that.
1: Look, it got playing. Pat Beverly on that table <laughs> like he won the championship. I mean. It it clearly means something to the players, and if all of a sudden like you find yourself in the nine or ten spot, and then you have the chance as a team to make it into the playoffs, it's like that. It's like the like the second chance, right? So you're gonna take it seriously. So to me, we're very far away. Are they gonna take it
0: seriously? Because there were a couple teams in the West that did not want to make the play in last season, allegedly. Uh, (laughs) Moving on. Moving on, before we get uh, an in-season tournament level fine, <laughs> um, the Mavs. Well, maybe maybe. Go a- on. <laughs> In the in-season tournament, the Mavs are only one and two, but against the Eastern Conference, not bad. They're five and one. How about okay. that? The Mavs are five and one against the East, and that's after going <clears throat> ten and twenty against the east last season
1: so in six games they've already okay they're derrick jones yeah. junior in <laughs> the east right now
0: uh 10 and 20 boy that yeah. is that is a rough i mark. mean
1: in six games they're already halfway to their win total of last yeah. year yeah that's pretty good
0: yeah um <laughs> so uh most topically <laughs> topically that's a good word right they're three and zero against the southeast division this season now okay. that includes Miami and Atlanta who they have not played and then Orlando, Charlotte and Washington who they have all played. They're 3 and 0 against that division. They went 2 and 8 against the Southeast last season and that includes going 0 and 2 against the Wizards and 0 and 2 against the Hornets and we all remember those Hornets games yes. at the end of the season. Um, and uh, in fact, they hadn't beaten the Wizards since the 2021 season. Really? Yeah. They lost. They went and 2 against them oh, in 2021. Oh, I called out the
1: k peakers yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, it was it was very real. Uh now last season, the Mavs went and 4 against the Wizards and the Hornets um they combined to win just 58 other games all season long between the two of them. Yeah. But they went 4-0 against the Mavs. Yeah. Now, the thing is like
1: And this year they've already they've already got a win against both those teams yeah, so yeah. there you go
0: now okay that's not to disrespect the hornets or the wizards no. obviously the mavs were a bottom 10 team by record last season everybody struggles from time to time um but those games the team the, the the games that you play against the teams with losing records you have to win you just have to win there are too many teams roughly half of the teams in the nba have winning records right many of them play in the West who you were going to play three or four times. Correct. Many of them are in your division, who you're going to definitely play four times each. And so you have to... I mean, the formula for a really long time to make the playoffs was to go 500 against winning teams okay, and win like two-thirds to three-quarters of your games against losing teams. If you can do that, let's say you go 25 and 25 against winning teams... And then what that leaves thirty two, and then you go like nineteen and thirteen against the other. That's forty four wins, hey, you're in the playoffs. Yeah and if you can do any better than that, you might have home court.
1: And I was gonna say, like, it's not the fact that like, oh this team isn't good, but sometimes they can have a losing record and they just they just have your number. Yeah. Like they just they have your number for some reason and they just consistently win these games against you. Yeah,
0: and, and in these two cases specifically, Washington and Charlotte, what do they have in common? Well, they just have Big, athletic, fast centers. Daniel yep. Gafford, uh, Mark Williams, Nick Richards is great against the Mavs last season, and then they just play fast. Yep. And these teams that play fast with nothing to lose, that have a lot of confidence, that are, have a bunch of gunners, like, if you let them get hot, they're going to beat you. For sure. You know? Um, now, the Mavs this season, against sub-500 teams, they're 7-2. and two. Um, Okay. One of those losses is against the Pelicans. The other loss... Who's the other loss? Oh, the Raptors? Toronto? The Raptors are below 500? I, okay, I, I guess. I,
1: if your math is math, yeah, then yeah. I, I believe it. Uh, <laughs> I believe they're below
0: 500. Last year, they were 15 and 16 in those games. So they played 31 games against teams with losing records last year, if they would have been, let's say, 20 yeah. and 11, well, then they would have made the playoffs. Which, um,
1: once again, this season, they're already about halfway to the amount totally. of games. Yeah, of yeah.
0: Winning. when yeah. you got to win the games that you're supposed to win. Or yes. you have to win at least a lot of the games that you're supposed to win. Now, the one other thing about the East, a uh, bit of a scheduling quirk. The Mavs play the Bucks tomorrow, so Saturday, November 18th. That will be their seventh game against the East this season. After that game on November 18th, a great song, by the way, November 18th. After that game, they will have just one more game against the East until January 11th. Wow. That is against the Cavs at home on December 27th. Wow. So they go almost two months playing almost nothing but Western Conference teams. Yeah. And a lot of them are very good that they're going to be playing. So, um, you know, the East historically has been weaker than the West feels like it's evened out, if not even kind of turned the opposite direction.
1: Well, I mean, I'm looking at the standings right now, and 1 through 9 are all at 500 or better. In the East? In the East. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: a lot of good teams. A lot of good teams. And it wasn't always the case. So it used to be you had to win 20 games against the East in order to make the playoffs in the mm-hmm. West. Like, that's how bad the East was. This year, if you just have a winning record against the East, that's really good. Yeah. Uh, and if you can have, like, a significantly winning record, then you're in really good shape.
1: For sure. And, you know, I I just, I think th- the East is getting better because they had a rep for a long time that it was like, oh, it's all about the West, you know, whatever. But like to have your top nine teams be 500 or better, that goes to show that the, you know, the East, those games, they're not as uh, mail it in anymore.
0: Yeah. There's, there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of nights off in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, in fact, like stereotypically the teams that you would consider like nights off are the teams that have destroyed the Mavs the last couple seasons just Um, to put
1: it in perspective I'm looking at now at the Western Conference standings and only the top seven teams in the West are 500 or better yeah so it's still early it is still early early,
0: but you run down the team of the East Boston Philly Miami Milwaukee the Knicks the Cavs are eventually going to figure it out I mean that's six of the 10 or 11 or 12 best teams in the league yeah. You know, uh, and then that doesn't even include teams like Atlanta. Right. Who we all expect to be good. The Pacers are playing great. The Raptors could or could not figure it out. You know, um, there, there's some other teams, too. So.
1: So the, the West, to me, is completely shaken up as well. I mean, you have Denver, obviously, number one, but only a half game behind right now is Mavericks. So Denver has played one fewer games than the Mavericks. They've played 11 games and they're nine and two. The Mavericks have played 12 games. They're nine and three. So they both have the same amount of wins. Um, But then a couple like unusual suspects in your top six, um, Minnesota, Houston, okay see it's a new era i love it it's
0: a new era sacramento, Even sacramento number yeah.
1: six i mean uh, sacramento was like third last year so
0: yeah how about your who would have guessed the plan i mean obviously it's november 17th right now but who would have guessed the plan is the lakers the warriors the Suns, and the pelicans yeah like yeah i'm
1: just i mean you know so it's been it's been a good start to the season it has been yeah it has been
0: um so those are those are 10 big things We did it. We did it. Well, We each brought five to the table. We had a great conversation that went way longer than we told our producer, Ohenio. So thank you for being (laughs) patient with us in the back. We really appreciate you. Again, like we said, uh, if there's any other big thing this season that you think has uh, played a huge role in the Mavs' good start, or maybe it's an interesting topic league-wide that you're paying attention to, like say offensive rebounding percentage, then drop it in the comments. Let us know uh, (laughs) what's been going on, man. Why are the Mavs good? Are the Mavs good? If so, what are they good at?
1: Is this real? Yeah. Is
0: this real or (laughs) fake? I guess we'll find out soon. It's a tough weekend slate of games. Again, at Milwaukee on Saturday. Come home for the Kings on Sunday. And then they're going to spend Thanksgiving in L.A with two games against the Lakers and the Clippers. Uh, we are not doing a show next week. We're
1: anymore. not. We're taking next week off, but we will be back December 1st.
0: Ooh, okay. So we will be back. I will not
1: be, but you, Isaac, and Austin are will be. Are you going to be in the chair? You I'll be... be I'll be in the chair. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um. So, yeah. So we'll be back in two weeks. Yeah, with Austin and Isaac, they'll be back. Uh, Kat will be on every now and then, too.
1: Every now and then. It was good to do a show with you, Kat. It was. It's... I don't think
0: we've ever done a solo program before. We have. On quarter on 3? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: I think we did two last season when Isaac was not here. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, wow, heck yeah. quick to forget. I
0: mm. I could mm. not tell you how much stuff I've forgotten in the last it's four cool. months of my life. It's uh, cool. But I do remember morning with the maps we did a lot of streams. okay i was
1: day. i was thinking of that this morning i was like this is giving me like very morning with the mavs vibes when i was like getting ready like okay it's just gonna be me and bobby i was like man morning with the was vibe yeah just
0: come with a couple stats come with a couple ideas come with a couple jokes and, and then we're off to the races. Luca
1: drops 50, we eat 50 chicken we eat 50 nuggets. 50 chicken McNuggets. <laughs> and that
0: was never again. <laughs> I never home again.
1: and I think I napped for three hours <laughs> after
0: that. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes we're too committed to the bit, I think. But, uh, okay. Well, I appreciate you joining me, Kat. I appreciate you. Thank you, Ian in the back. And thank you thank for watching you. or thank you for listening wherever you are in the great wide world. We really appreciate you spending some time with us on the Corner 3 in Studio 41% by Chime. We'll be back with you in a couple weeks. Until then, take care. Be a good person. Have fun and happy enjoy some Mavs. Yeah, Happy yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah, and enjoy some Mavs basketball. We'll see you later.
1: Bye.